Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to yet another exciting minute of the Airport Minute, where actually it's more than a minute, but uh, each and every Monday through Friday, we go through the greatest disaster movie of all time, the Universal Studios 1970 production of Airport. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And we are without a guest today, but it's okay. It's just you and me, and we can talk our way through this particular minute. It's a pretty good minute, too. We're just about getting done. We're finally seeing some action going on with uh, Flight 2, which has been delayed, delayed, delayed. But uh, lots of things happening. It, it, It starts out back where we were in the cafeteria with those 42 extras marching around in the background while uh, Harry Standish, played by Lloyd Nolan, is complaining about this guy that he saw that was uh, trembling and smuggling and who he was knows? a trembler. He Trem- called him a trembler. He was a trembler. Uh, Burt Lancaster says, well, you know, if he is a, a smuggler and a trembler, then a Italian customs will nail him. That's right. So, okay. <laughs> I guess that's how Jean Seberg uh, keeps her, her trim figure. She just drinks coffee. Yeah. Glug, glug, glug. Mm-hmm. Harry's is Harry having anything besides his coffee? Seems kind no, of, no, there's, I, yeah. there's some butter there. He can use the butter and the cream. Yeah. The creamer. <laughs> That's right. Is the gravy free? How about the bun? I'll have some bread and gravy. Thank you. Shades of last tango in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got that great big basket of rolls. So I'm sure he's helping himself. Uh, Bert, you don't want these, do you? Yeah, Mel's, yeah, Mel's right. You're not gonna eat those rolls, are you? <laughs> they don't have those. Uh, they don't have those re. Uh, it, it, like not the ketchup bottles, but it's the, those those uh, remember those plastic red ketchup bottles that they would put the they would pour the ketchup in and it had like a little uh, funnel at the top of it. Those are uh, friendlies. Uh, friendlies ice cream used to have them all the time where we used to eat back in the Northeast. Uh, back when we lived in the Northeast, no no, uh, no condiments on this table except for butter. Uh, you know we're we're up there in uh, cow country, cheese country. I guess I'm trying to figure out if Lloyd is that well. He's still not calm he says somebody ought to talk to uh, somebody ought to talk to him or, or somebody ought to do something which i don't know what you do you can't you can't uh, really you stop the uh, the plane again yeah boom oops my bad mel tells tanya that she should tell her boss that some shaky looking guy is getting on a plane and they have no proof of anything you should tell your boss that there's somebody shady is getting on the plane and even though the plane's left and there's nothing you can really do about it just let him know so that you're off the hook. Right, I'm not exactly right, sure right. what she's... This is like that thing when Mel came up with that idea about Joe Petroni being stuck out on the highway and if yeah, they, they need him there really bad, but wait 15 minutes and if the traffic doesn't clear up, then yeah. we'll call the highway patrol. That That's Mel's, you know, well, I know we can't do anything about it, so let's not, but let's act like we're doing something about it. It's all just pointless. And like, like you said yesterday, the... Uh, <laughs> Nobody expected us looking at it in this kind of detail. They're just trying to move the story along to get to uh, all the parts with the uh, explodey bits. Mm-hmm. We uh, we roll through the uh, that rather long part of the uh, the cafeteria, which when we we were noticing earlier, we were discussing that these ge- these gentlemen are still gentlemen that they do kind of rise off their seats yeah. when uh, she when she leaves. So the last vestiges of a polite society. Wrapped up in this little movie. If you remember yesterday, they opened with a scene of somebody crossing in front of the camera with a plate full of salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, they're since it's it's ending up, they're ending with a busboy carrying a a bin full of uh, used cutlery. <laughs> so uh, that cuts off to uh, the upstairs uh, arrivals lounge or arrivals deck where uh, Maureen Stapleton is getting out of her car. God knows how she paid for it because 
Right. He he he, he took her last dime. Her very yeah. last dime. But yeah. uh, again, that's uh, wow. You know, I was just looking at that cafeteria. They they even have the the backdrop there of all the phone booths. Yeah, yeah. So they put a lot of care into that. Yeah, I'm, you know, it wasn't just like an independent little, you know, no, room they, they set up. I think this room is actually behind Gate Thirty. We'll have to look for another Gate Thirty Three thing, but I think all of Gate Thirty Three set is just to the left. It's like behind that that stone wall. I think that's where the the back wall of the of the set is. So it might be just one gigantic sound. This this soundstage is tremendous. It's it's amazing. Of course, it might it might not be. You never know where. Where these things are, I mean, the whole idea is to make it look real. But then, uh, like you said, the uh, an old checker cab pulls yeah, up. Yeah, back on location. How do, how do those do in the uh, snow, Jim? Those uh, I would guess those are rear wheel drive. Yeah, but I think they're pretty solid. I mean, they must weigh yeah. a ton. That's. Uh, I remember riding in in yeah. the 80s in Manhattan. So and, uh, much room, you could play ping pong yeah. in that back. They had like back a pull down seat. seat. Yeah. The there was always like some kind of slush floating about in the back of the. In the back of the thing, every time you step in, all the snow from everybody else. Yep. Yep. Uh, big old, yeah, just a lot of big old cars rolling around up there. Gas was what thirty cents a gallon, and uh, wow! But a great, a great location shot. Again, we're we're back on location in uh, in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and uh, she goes running into Terminal One, right. and uh, really bad uh, camera shadow there by the exit door as she first runs in you can see the you can see the shadow of the camera operator landing on that woman's uh back that's kind of look at that anyway the camera keeps rolling through gets away from the gets away from the shadow we see maureen stapleton running in high heels that's amazing how many how many times did she have she to, had to be really fit to do this movie yeah yeah 42 at the time so uh she did she that's a hard 42 too i mean she looks so she runs into the uh, ticket hall, uh, which is uh, still there. I mean, it's different. You know, it's all different. They've got stores and things like that, but uh, mm-hmm. the building is still like it is. And running past a uh, travel insurance, uh, not the very same one. I think I don't think it's the very same uh, booth that uh, Dio bought his stuff for. And ever since he went into that into that airport i just keep seeing all these guys carrying briefcases and i keep thinking yeah they've all got bombs they're all mm. they're, they're all putting their plans into execution tonight so she runs she runs fast that girl in a pink hat too that's yeah really and look at the old pan am desk uh, yeah. i remember they had a big uh office yeah uh, well i guess a travel agency in the ground floor of the well it was the pan am building uh, yeah. above grand central and i remember when i first started commuting i think the office was closing up or whatever but i still remember they had a huge map of the world on this on the on the wall with light bulbs indicating where all their offices were yeah stunning long gone now i yeah. think it's a restaurant uh, yeah, that whole that whole building, the Pan Am building, was fantastic. We used to go, we used to go eat up at the Copter Club on the top floor. Damn. And, uh, I look, wish I'd done that. We look out over the, hey. the 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 giant letters Pan Am were on top of the Pan Am building, and you could look up the entire length of Park Avenue. What watch, watch mm. the sun go down in the in the west over the Hudson, and just watch all the all the traffic lights on Park Avenue just change from red to green as it slowly rolled up uh, toward the wow. 120 up toward Harlem. And uh, yeah, what a great, great time, great place. And uh, I don't. When did they shutter that? Don't know. I mean, it's MetLife now, so I, I don't know if there's a MetLife 
they don't have Metal copper clubs. Club Actu- Actuary club. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was a great a great room. One of the most fantastic views in New York City. Most of the time, you know, you're looking downtown. You look toward the Empire State Building and stuff. But the Copter Club looked north, and you could see up into the Bronx and into like Fort Tryon Park, way off in the distance. But anyway, not part of this movie except for the Pan Am part. Gosh, you know, and that was. Like, Pan Am used to be the premier airline. That was the one that everybody tried to be. You know, you think about two years before this movie was made, they made 2001 mm. A Space Odyssey, and there was the Pan Am uh, Space Clipper in there. And it was like, oh, Pan Am's still going. And Pan Am didn't make it to 2001. They didn't, you know, they didn't last that long. Oh, yeah, so, I think. I think the last time I flew them, it was to the Caribbean back in the 80s. Uh, I have a, I have a rather terrifying Pan Am story. The last time I was on Pan Am was... August 1st, 1990, I was on a Pan Am 747 Model 100, and uh, I was flying, I was working for British Aerospace, and I was flying from uh, New York to Heathrow, and about halfway across the Atlantic, over about, if you think of a map of the Atlantic Ocean, about the N in Atlantic, uh, the the plane started shuddering and going to the left, it was, it was mm. pitching hard to the left, or rolling to the left, and we were watching the movie The Hunt for Red October was showing on the uh, on the overhead screens and people started pulling up their shades on the left-hand side of the the plane and we we're looking out late afternoon there were pieces of the left wing falling off and all of a sudden this giant the the skin on the left-hand side of the wing right right in front of the where the speed brakes are the whole thing peeled off a big like 20 foot piece peeled off and fell away you could see the green struts in the plane the plane made this left bank and fell from 30,000 feet down to 2,000 feet in a big spiral. Oh, my spiral. God. Wow. And the, pla- the plane was making that noise that you never want to hear a plane make. And we started, you know, we're turning left and going left and going down and left and down and left and down. It was like a big spiral. And you could see the waves coming up. I mean, we were coming up to the ocean. And the guy was not pulling up. We get down to 2,000 feet, and he finally pulls out of it, and the plane is just shuddering. I mean, it's like, everything's moving. You know, like the uh, the seat trays are all rattling, and the plane oh is just shuddering. And so, you know, they kind of get straight and level again. But we're over, you know, you can look out and see the waves over the Atlantic. We're in the North <laughs> Atlantic. The flight engineer and the co-pilot come down the stairs, a little spiral staircase. I was in the business section. They look out the left-hand side of the, the window, and they're looking out, and they've got this big binder that's like a 747 schematic. Yeah, and they're yeah. pointing, and they're going, How to fly. Yeah, well, this is here, this is missing, this is missing, this is here. And then they go back upstairs, and, you know, that's where the cockpit is, and everybody's looking at each other, and the, the pilot gets on and goes, yeah, this is your captain speaking. As you can tell, we've had some problems with the uh, left wing of the plane. Uh, hmm. We are talking with our engineers back at uh, Kennedy Airport in New York, and uh, they say we will not be able to make Heathrow. And then they hang up. <laughs> so what does that mean? And they said, we will oh be trying God. for an alternate uh, alternate airport. Uh, we are going to be attempting Shannon. And then yeah. he hangs up again, and everybody like reaches for the uh, the, the magazine, looking for the, looking for the map at the back of the magazine. Like, How familiar are you with the Azores? Yeah, and so so he says, uh, Shannon is in Ireland, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be taking... We'll so he says, that's about uh, two hours and 50 minutes in front of us. So for the so for the next three hours at two thousand feet above the waves, we are grinding it across the Atlantic, just boom, 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 the whole time, noise like crazy. That's insane. How come you did? Well, well, what are we gonna do? <laughs> well, <laughs> gonna, America. Where do you go? 
you know, so we got we got to we we get they they do this slow turn around the entire uh, island of Ireland, and uh, uh, line us line us up over uh, Shannon, and they have us brace in front of us on the uh, against the, the the seats, and he puts the thing down, landed perfectly. I mean, it was it was like a gentle tap as he hit the ground. So look out the window, and uh, every piece of fire equipment in in the Republic of Ireland is lined up on the runway, wait for wow. us to land. But he landed us fine. They put us on another plane. They didn't get the. I, I was without my bags for three days, but at least I was on the ground. I had uh, I called home and mentioned I'm okay. I don't want to let everybody know that I'm all right. And mm. Nobody heard about it, but then it was on CNN. So it was on CNN for like about two or three hours explaining this uh, this big problem with. The, with the 747, but then Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, and they forgot all about us. So that was what. Uh, uh, what What was the problem? Did you ever find out? Yeah, uh, there was a uh, the FAA had a, a systems difficulty report. That's the way they put it. Uh, they said that our plane had delaminated due to uh, they had not screwed in a couple of panels correctly, and apparently it was a lot worse than it looked just out the window. Because what happened is when the when the uh, these metal plates that they used on top of the wing. Uh, when it fell off, it blew up into the back and hit the vertical stabilizer, the big, you know, the tail, and mm. it knocked out part of the vertical stabilizer. So he was having a hard time turning the plane oh left God. and right. Wow. So uh, yeah, that was a that, that was a long time ago, kids. And I, you know, I, I <laughs> sorry they were gone, but oh my gosh, Pan Am not not pros at that time with uh, mechanics and taking care of their equipment. Um, really? Oh, was that kind of when they were circling the drain? Yeah, sort of. It was. It was bad news. Uh, it's, uh, it's like when you go to Sears nowadays, and they're just kind of forgetting about putting clothes. Up. I think Sears is in that the late stage Pan Am, but that's a whole different story. Um, yeah. So that's that's my Pan Am story, and I'm sticking to it. And uh, uh, but let's get back to uh, 1970, which was uh, you know, 20 years before my my little disaster. Yeah, and we've, planes were in the air. We've got. Uh, Ada Quonset poking her little nose out of the uh, starboard head, and she's watching. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, she's watching Ruth, the uh, the stewardess, closing up the uh, aft door. There, Ruth gives a little wave bye bye. Yeah, they, which and, they still do. I noticed that whenever yeah. I'm sitting in business class, and they do that. Yeah, and then we watch we watch the uh, the jetway getting pulled away. Uh, jet the jetway has a. Has a history. It was made in 19. They started making jetways in 1959. That was before they had. Uh, before they did that, they just had those stairways that they'd roll up to the door, or stair cars. They do it. But uh, a Hawaiian fellow named Frank Duryun, Dur, wait, Frank Duryun, uh, he was from Honolulu. He invented the jetway. And uh, there's varying accounts, but uh, apparently jetways were first put into operation at LaGuardia Airport in New York in 1959. Uh, some other people claim that it was done in San Francisco, but generally there seems to be an agreement that LaGuardia had the first uh, jetways. But they've been around for, gosh, almost 60 years now, and mm. uh, that's like the that's like the normal way now we get on planes. At the time, though, it was considered a you know a neat thing that you don't have to go outside in the weather. You could just you know run down these little tubes and get on the plane. And actually, the the jetways are what limited a lot of uh, air uh, a lot of airports from getting the jumbo jets to land because things like 747s and stuff, they need the jetways because you can't reach, I mean, you can't build like a three story stairway to get to the, to get into the, the, the aircraft. Uh, think about nowadays, if you get on a, uh, I don't know if you, Mark, have you been on a, a, an Airbus 380, the double decker one? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that upper deck to get to there, uh, watching the, the double levels of jetways now, 
plugging into the uh, the ship. That's quite a quite a feat. But I mean, imagine imagine yeah, the kind of yeah. Don't they have double level jetways? Like one goes up if you're in the in the upper business class, and the other one goes straight ahead to uh, exactly. coach. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, imagine you couldn't land. I mean, if you landed a uh, an Airbus 380, how would you get the people out of the out of the plane with you know a ladder? It's like that's like 60 feet to the ground. Mm. Anyway, that's you know it's interesting seeing the jetway here. They they kind of feature it in a couple of seconds, but quite a, a piece of aviation history right there. Watching uh, watching it pull away, but that um, removal of the gantry means they're really ready to roll. That's why Ada was watching for that because she knows that they're not gonna they're not gonna put the jetway back in to get her off. So she's she's pretty safe. She's least, in, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least the aft the aft jetway is out of the way. But we'll have to see what happens with the forward jetway. They might there might be a little bit of a problem, but we'll we'll check on that later. Um, I see in the last the last second here we can notice the B seat is still open there in row twenty three. So that's obviously where uh, Ada is going to make her beeline uh, to to find an empty seat. Yeah, pretty good minute. I'm sorry we. Uh, well, I guess it's a good story. We didn't talk that much it was about. It's a really good story. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> You had to be there. Oh. oh my gosh! So uh, not a dry seat in the house. It was uh, quite a, oh. yeah, quite a moment. It's I one mean, of those people things, must have been screaming and yelling. No, you know, I know I would have. You'd think that, but actually, it was just kind of quiet. People were like yeah, looking at each other, like, "So what now? What are we doing? What are we doing now?" And the only control that you had over your life there was, there was the volume control on your little, you know, home entertainment system there. You could listen, whatever you were listening to the movie, mm-hmm. or you could adjust the pitch on your chair, or you could put your seat you know your snack tray down or up that was it that's all that's all the control you had in the universe and if you wanted the air on or off or the light on and off that's about it but as to uh, crashing in the sea eh, you, you got no control over that well well in the likely event of a uh, water landing yeah <laughs> that's what i was thinking it was like, hey you should have been thinking geez i wonder what the north atlantic temperature is like yeah it this was time of year august nice it'll be great it's not yeah you know, yeah <laughs> The only uh, airplane story, uh, and it's not even as close to that, that that I can relate to, I was flying for HBO from L.A. to Texas, and we get into the air, and all of a sudden the cabin comes on and says, we've got a very specific bomb threat against this aircraft. We're going back to L.A. We turn around, land at this remote landing strip at LAX, and they took Everybody off and all the luggage off and had bomb-sniffing dogs. It took wow. forever. Wow. And then, then we got back on the plane and flew off to uh, to Dallas. Well, at least you knew you were totally safe at that point. Holy, yes. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, yeah, I wonder I wonder who got ticked off at somebody on that plane. Yeah. Uh, Flight 128? It's, it's going down. Goodbye. Click. Oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah, those were the days, kids. But, yeah. Yep. It's uh yeah it's amazing. So uh yeah that's uh that's the joy of air travel and mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why it's better to sit in your car and listen to this. Yeah. We we keep you safe. You're not you're not going anywhere with us. Exactly. So, but if you would if you would like to go with us somewhere to talk about this a little bit more, we are available all over the social media. So why don't you check back with us here on How was that for a segue? Uh Nicely done. I, I try. Say. I try. I knew that uh my my old radio professor would have been proud, but we have to get to uh, to talk with other people on social media like Twitter at Airport Minute or uh, Facebook Airport Minute and our Airport Minute Commanders Club. Just search for those on uh, Facebook. You'll find us. We're out there. And if you can't find us there, go to our big website at airportminute.com where we've got links to all those nice things. 
Uh, we also have links to TV Dads and to um, CovertOps.tv down at the uh, at the bottom of the page. You can also uh, visit our uh, our shop where we've got wonderful T-shirts. You can you can wear uh, Ada Quonset and Peter Coakley and uh, Marcus Rathbone and all those other wonderful folks on your chest if you'd like. Uh, they are available there at airportminute.com/shop. So lots of cool stuff there. You can also get uh, copies of Airport yourself, so you can sit home and watch it. If you're if you're listening to this, you might as well. You've already heard us explain the first minute or first hour and two minutes of the movie. So why don't you catch up and get a copy of that movie to watch tonight with the missus? But uh, check that all out. It's all on the site, airportminute.com. Uh, or just we... buy one of our T-shirts and surprise the missus in the bedroom with the These Nuts Are Stale T-shirt. Yeah, it's always a crowd it's, it's, it's a It's a can't miss. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you're listening to this late, Mother's Day might be coming up. This is the perfect time to give Mom one of those. So uh, anyway, check back with us tomorrow where we will follow the further adventures of getting this flight off the ground. Finally, thank God, please. And we also have to find out whether... Uh, whether Mrs. Guerrero is going to make it through that gigantic airport to get to flight two in time. Maybe she can join. You know, there's an empty seat in front of uh, Helen Hayes. Maybe she can sit in front and turn to Dio and go, Dio, why, why, why did you do that? What are you doing? I want my, I I want to, my six bucks back. I need some more nickels. I've got to buy a ticket. Right. So, but uh, we'll, we'll catch up with all that tomorrow here on the, on the airport minute. Uh, join us there. And uh, until then, good day. Bye. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling.